0: Now, I am going to invite for you to open up to the Word of God. As he said, the Word of God is important. Uh, It's important to share with those those individuals there in uh, Isaiah House. It's important for us today. So open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 8, and we're going to take a look uh, at at some of what uh, God's Word has for us here this morning. And, you know, as I was preparing for today, for Troy coming and speaking about Isaiah House, um, I felt that Romans 8 was fitting for us. And so... Uh, I am gonna just uh, just quick disclosure. I'm gonna move fairly quick in this, uh, so just follow along. Uh, and if for some reason I go too fast for you, it will be on YouTube. You can go back and watch it. Um, I'm not gonna go over the entire chapter of uh, chapter eight. We're gonna we're gonna skip over a portion of it, and I'll and I'll tell you why in a minute. But uh, but but just stick with me, and we're we're gonna go through this stuff together. So Romans chapter eight. It cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Make a mental note of that one. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the Spirit is life because of righteousness. in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now, I told you I was going to skip, so skip down to verse 31. It says, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies there and, and we are not going to get super deep into this, because if you know anything about Romans chapter 8, you can spend months here. We're going to do it in about 10-15 minutes. So, so, no, I'm not going to glaze over it. No, I'm not going to give you the, uh, the, the, the half version. No, I'm not going to water it down for us. I'm going to give you some solid truths that, the, that God's Word gives to us, but we're just going to do it quickly. So here's the thing, when when you're reading through the beginnings of chapter 8, what we get to see there is that we are sinful by nature, period. We are sinful by nature, we are born into defiance against the Lord ever since sin entered into this world. Adam and Eve, that's when it started, that's when it began. Verse 2 goes on then to tell us that our flesh is weak. And we who are flesh are condemned. Condemned to what? We're condemned to hell. Because of sin, our destiny is hell. But then it says that God then also gave us these laws. Now, why did he give us the law? You you know, we're, we're given, if you just even just stick with the original Ten Commandments, right? We know we can't even follow those. There's 600 and plus laws that are actually out there. He only gave us really these 10. He's like, here's the top 10. Follow these. And you're going to fail in every single way. So why, why, would, why would God give us these laws? And it was to prove to us something. What was it to prove? To prove your sinfulness. God knew you were not going to be able to follow even those 10 commandments. Basically, God was going, watch this. Follow these rules that I already know you can't follow. It's almost like a, so it's funny that, you know, this is, Richie comes to mind today. I guess he will all day. Richie says, he used to tell us all the time, Jody will tell you, he he said, you know, it's not that I don't believe in you, it's just that I know you're going to fail. And he would tell us that with just such heart about him. He would just look you dead in the face with this really just stern, he would go, not that I don't believe. I just know you're gonna fail. You know, and you're like, thanks. I think. You know, it's just this the sort of a like 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 you said something kind, but you kind of punched me too. And, and so God kind of does the same thing. He gave us these laws, and he gave us these laws because it's to prove that we can't follow them. Does that make sense? No. Not to us, Not to our mortal minds, like, it's hard to grasp. You're like, I thought he gave us those laws so that we could follow them and be good people. It's like, no, he gave us those so that you could realize that we all fall short of what? The glory of God. We can't. We can't do it. We can't. We can't stay on track. We always veer off course. It's to show us our sinfulness, and it's so that it can stand out right in front of our faces. We were then given a gift. We were given such a precious gift, and it was the ability now to receive the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. This gift is the only gift that we are and truly set us free. It's the only gift that we can that we can have in our lives that will, will will enable us to experience true freedom. Verse 3, it says that God sent his son, Jesus, in the likeness of our flesh to take upon himself our sins. And the only reason he did that was so that the law could actually be fulfilled. Because we couldn't do it. Our sinful nature wouldn't allow for it. But Jesus Christ, who is perfect, that, that, that perfection that he had was the only way that our sin debt could be paid. We needed a sacrifice, and that sacrifice was Jesus Christ. Now, we see that, that the Scripture then goes on to tell us, it says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So then it starts to beg the question of you. Do you believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior? It's not a question I can answer for you. You know that. I've told you that a hundred times. I'll tell you a hundred more. Are you a follower? Now, I'm going to put the word true in front of that, and we're going to say it this way. Are you a true follower of Jesus Christ? Our vision for the year, as you heard me talk about last week, is I have decided. We've got to stop Living in the, in the gray area, we got to stop riding the fence. We either are for and follow Jesus or we're not. It's a very black and white issue. As black and white as the words on these pages. We are going to be shooting towards this goal all throughout this year of driving us toward the uncomfortableness of I have decided. And if you have decided to believe in Jesus Christ, have you decided to follow him and him only? Now, if that's you, then this scripture applies to you that there is no condemnation for you. It doesn't mean that you don't still screw up. doesn't mean that you still don't sin. But it says that Jesus Christ has you. He's got your back. He's already paid your debt. There is no condemnation for you. Your past sins are forgiven. You are no longer a slave to sin. You have been set free, and the chains that have, of sin that were binding you together, keeping you in bondage, have now been broken. That's what that means. But it's if you're a true follower of Jesus Christ. You see, our flesh cannot, just as the Scripture says, our flesh cannot, it does not, have the ability to please God because we are sinful by nature. No amount of effort, no amount of works can accomplish saving grace. It is only by the grace of Jesus Christ that we can be saved. And so through the Holy Spirit, through Jesus Christ, we now get to experience something called hope and peace and life that can only be found in Jesus. And so, as you continue down through the scriptures and we get to uh, the area where it talks about it says you know brothers we are debtors we're not flesh to live according to the flesh if you live according to the flesh you're going to die and then it lays out for us that 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 we cry out those of us who have been adopted as sons and daughters we cry out abba father and the spirit himself it says bears witness in our spirit that we are children of god that we are heirs to god even fellow heirs to christ but in order to be able to claim that You have to be committed. You can't half-heartedly approach this thing. We have to give up ourselves, and we have to follow Jesus. Now, we're all in different journeys here. Not everybody is going to be a scholarly-type person. That you're, you know, like, like, you know, some of us know people in our lives, it's like, I know that person's going to heaven, and, you know, I mean, if they don't make it in, there's no hope for me. Like, I've even said that, right? Like, you know, like, like Ray Sparrow, I'm like, if he didn't make it, I'm done, you know? But that's not really how it works, is it? It's here, it's in my heart. It's do I believe in and trust Jesus Christ? He knows I'm going to screw this thing up. That's the beauty of Jesus. He says, he says I am taking your sins on I took your past ones, I'm taking your present ones, and guess what, I already know you're going to screw this thing up, you're going to screw it up so bad that you need me in the future. And he takes all of our sins, every single one, he took the weight of the world's sin upon his shoulders, but we still have to give up ourselves, we got to give up our old ways. We have to die to ourselves, we have to die to our flesh, so that we can have life in Christ Jesus. In verse 13, it says that if we live by the Holy Spirit, meaning, meaning Jesus Christ lives in our hearts, it says that we will live, and we will live beyond this old crazy world that we are, we are sitting in currently. When we belong to Jesus Christ, do we have anything to fear? If you belong to Jesus, can this world actually do anything to you that won't lead you to something better? See, if you belong to Jesus, you've given your heart to him, you've trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this world can come and shoot you dead today, and you get to go be in an eternal rejoicing of paradise and hope with Jesus. Or, we can spend an eternal, not eternal, we can spend a worldly life here suffering. Maybe you're someone who's going through pain day in, day out. But you know what, there's something more waiting when you trust in jesus maybe you're a person who just like troy was talking about these these folks who have addictions maybe some of you here have experienced this or you know people or your family members are experiencing some type of addiction and they are going through a literal hell every single day but if they will believe in jesus and they will trust in him even if they stumble there's still something better waiting for them amen We know that when we trust in Jesus Christ, that there's no condemnation for those that belong to him. We screw up. I screw up as your pastor every day. I do. I am not perfect. I know that's a shock. Timmy's back there going, yeah, I know. Timmy knows me like nobody else. He was like, he's like, your pastor's terrible. Um, (laughs) But here's the thing, we have to follow Christ, don't we? Don't we have to believe in him? And and, and here's the real kicker, you can try to be as Christianese as you want. Holy Spirit's going to know if you're faking it though, that's the problem. He's going to know if you're faking it. And there's a lot of fake Christians in the world today, a lot of them. There's a lot of fake pastors that are out there too. And here's here's the issue with that, because the Holy Spirit lives here, you know what, your heart doesn't lie. Your heart can't lie. God created that thing. He knows what it says. He knows what it does. He knows everything about you, even prior to your existence. You cannot fake out Jesus. Can't be done. He knows if you're going to be true to him, He knows if you're going to believe in him, He knows if you're going to trust in him. He knows if you're faking. He knows if you are a true believer, a true follower, he knows if you are going to bear witness to him. And only true believers and followers of Christ Jesus are adopted into God's family. We who believe are sons and daughters. We are heirs, and guess what? In verse 17 it says, you're even an heir alongside Jesus. How amazing is that? That you get to exist in the same family as Jesus. There's only one way to do that. One. And you all know, John 14, 6, you should be able to almost recite it with me now, right? Jesus Christ said, I am the way and the truth and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It's only through Jesus Christ that we can attain these things. Now, you may say, Pastor, why did you skip over verses 18 to 30? Because that's a whole nother sermon, that's why. It's not that I'm trying to avoid the toughness of it. I just knew that we didn't have time for it today. I would love to dive into that one, trust me. And it will come in the future. And if you want to talk about it more and you want to find out, well, why did you skip over it? Why is it so hard? When you read it, you're going to hear things in there that are difficult to digest. And there's a lot of people that will preach that wrong, unfortunately. What I can tell you about those verses I skipped over, and this is all I'm going to say about it, is that God created us with free will. And God says, whoever believes in me will be saved. Romans, uh, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, yeah, Romans 10, verses 9 and 10, it says, if you open your mouth and you confess that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. I don't think God creates anyone for the grand purpose of going straight to hell. There is free will you have a choice of choosing Jesus, and that choice is even happening right now as you sit here today. There's a lot of hard things that exist within those particular verses. We can talk about those later. That's a whole other sermon for a whole other day. But as we, as we get to the end of this thing, here's what I want you to see, what I, what I want you to, to, to grasp out of this. In verse 31... It says, if God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for you, who can actually come against you? Who? Can Satan come against you? Wait a second, no. Jesus already won that fight, hasn't he? So if Satan wants to come against you, what do you do? In the name of Jesus Christ, Satan, get away from me. You have no power over me. Even if you were to stay here and torture me today, I still have an eternal home where I'm going to go and be with Jesus, and you, ha-ha, are defeated, right? Your job, it stinks. You hate going into your job every day. You walk in, tell your boss, like, ha-ha, I'm going to heaven one day. Where are you going? You know, like, like, like I belong. There's nothing in this world that can keep me down. Why? Because I belong to Jesus and i'm excited about it. can i tell you about jesus we got a chance uh, to go and i got to hang out with will last night at pixel planet we went over we played played games i like completely dogged him in some air hockey like oh it was bad i took the boy down and 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 here's the thing i don't care these 10 no i'm just kidding um but <clears throat> but here's the thing we went over there and as we were standing there i got to talk to the gentleman who's behind the counter Next thing you know, we're talking about the Lord, inviting him to church. Good Christian fellow, too. If you get a chance to go down there, I mean, he's a, just a really good Christian fellow. Wherever you go, be excited about Jesus. Be excited about what he's done in your life. Talk about Jesus. Let people know who you are. Don't be ashamed that you're a follower of Christ Jesus. Say, you know what? I go to church. I love the Lord. I read the Bible. How about you? All they can do is say, shut up and get away from me. Big whoop, right? There's nothing in this world that, that could ever be more important than Jesus Christ. And, and it doesn't matter who comes against you or who is, who is coming against any of us. We have something better, don't we? And verse 34 says, who is to condemn then? It says, Christ Jesus is the one that died. More than that, Christ Jesus was the one who was raised. And he sits at the right hand of God and he is interceding for us, for you. For me. What else more do you need? And then when you get to verse 35, it says nothing shall separate us from Jesus. All I got is a big amen for that one. Nothing. Check it out. It says tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, danger, sword. Can anybody relate to any of those things or am I the only person in the room? that has some sort of a hurt, a habit, or a hang-up. I mean, we all experience these types of things. And then, you know what? I thought, you know, I know we're not supposed to add to or take away from, but I'm going to offer a few more examples. Get this, because like Brother Troy being here with us today in Isaiah House that we're, that we're helping to, to partner with, how about addiction? Does anybody struggle with, with alcohol or drugs or get that pornography? What about Depression. Anybody experience depression in the room? Does anybody experience, has they, have we experienced loss? My family has. I know several families in here have experienced loss. What about anxiety? What about self-harm? You see, all of these things are prevalent in our world today, even little old Spencer County, even within our own little church here. We all experience these things, but it says that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And even when these things come against us, they don't have victory. Because who does, church? Jesus has the victory. Jesus Christ has won the victory. And it says that in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ when we give ourselves over to him. Verse 38, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in John chapter 10, verse 29, get this, it says, My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. This is Jesus speaking. He says my father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the hand I am uh, I and the father are one. No one can snatch who belongs to Jesus Christ from the master's hand when you truly Jesus Christ no matter how hard Satan tries he cannot take you. All you have to do is believe and trust in him. Believe and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So, this really is the last thing. Timmy, I'll ask you to put these up on the screen for me real quick. Followers of Jesus Christ are this. Set free in Jesus Christ. We are set free. Do you want to be set free? I'm telling you this is how. The book, the good book, tells us how to do it. This is our instruction manual for life. The next one, we are no longer condemned for sin. You belong to Jesus Christ. You are no longer under condemnation. The next one, you can never be separated from Jesus ever. You belong to Jesus. You belong to him forever, for eternity. And whatever this life throws at you, it cannot overcome what we are going to attain one day. And the very last one, I think it's the best one, You are adopted as sons and daughters into the family of God. We're better to be. So, I'm going to close this out. Word of prayer. Worship team's going to come up, they're going to play. Know that this altar is open. And if today you are going through something, you can come to this altar and you can pray. You can come. If you can't kneel at the altar, you can sit in these front pews. They're open. They're always open. Nobody ever sits in the front. Ever. Literally. So it's a great opportunity just to come and sit and pray. And here's what I want to tell you. This past week, I went to celebrate recovery for myself. Because I know I'm broken. I'm not doing so hot with the loss of my brother. I'm not. Now, figure as your pastor, if I can't be real with you, what am I doing up there? I struggle that I didn't do enough. I struggle that I waited too long, that I didn't push, that I didn't talk to him enough. I didn't tell him I loved him enough. There's a lot of regrets that I have. And I went to celebrate recovery because I need to deal with those things. So don't be ashamed. You don't have to be ashamed. I went there and I praised and I worshiped and I gave thanks to the Lord for a group of people that I got to sit and talk to. I may not have to go forever. Maybe I just need to go a few times. But I know that I'm broken. And I'm broken every day. Every day I walk through these doors, I am broken because I'm sinful. And I have to admit that to myself and I have to admit it to God. And I have to be willing to lay these things down at his feet. And so I invite you to do the same. Don't let Satan ruin your joy. It's not worth it. Find joy in Jesus Christ, the only one that we can truly find pure happiness and joy and be fulfilled to the point where our cup is runneth over. Trust in Jesus today. Father, we come before you. We give you praise. Lord, I pray that you would speak to whoever's heart is in the room that is in need of you right now. And Lord, clearly that should be all of us, but, but you know who specifically is in desperate need of you right now. Thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord, for drawing us near to you. And Lord, I thank you for your sacrifice. Thank you for calling us to you, for for speaking to our hearts and, and allowing us that opportunity for a second chance at life and hope and peace. So God, continue to open up those doors. Help us, Lord, to surrender ourselves to you. Help us, Lord, to just leave all of our guilt, all of our shame, all of our embarrassments, all our our hurts that we have, let us just lay them at your feet today and trust that you're going to help us and then see just how blessed we are. Speak to that one person here, Lord, whoever they are. Give them the courage to get up and to come forward. And then let us as a church love on them and pray for them and lift them up so that they know they are not under judgment here. That instead, we just simply love them as you have called for us to love. Let us continue to open our doors to support Isaiah House and their mission. I'm so thankful for Brother Troy and his wife coming and sharing here with us today. I look forward, Lord, to all that they are going to do and accomplish, and I pray that you would bless them in all of their efforts, giving them the energy, the the encouragements, Lord, the knowledge and the wisdom and the know-how to do everything that needs to be done there, Lord, and I pray for the hearts that are attending those programs in all of their facilities. They are, they are yours. And Lord, I pray that you would reach them and that you would touch them and that you would heal them. Help us, Lord, to continue to be a church that would welcome the opportunity that we would open our doors, and that we would greet with open arms anyone from any of those facilities to say, "Come in here. This is a place where you can be loved and respected, and that you can worship and praise the Lord with us." Thank you for allowing us to support such a wonderful cause. I pray, Lord, just that that it would it would just go further than our imaginations can. Thank you, Jesus, for this time for today. Pray this all in your precious name. Amen.